Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Dusty Dines with your host, TJ Potter, and myself, Michael Warfield. What's going on, Teach? What's up, buddy? How are you? <sighs> Hanging in there, man. Just rushed around, but finally got a good podcast, good uh, setting to finally relax on and not be in the car. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, so who do we got on today? Uh, NHL uh, shootout legend. It's been nice. How many years did he play in the NHL? Uh, it says he over a span. He's been uh, he's been professionally his hockey career, professional hockey career, was sixteen years, and he's got a hundred, I believe, one hundred and twelve games in in the show. That's phenomenal, man. Yeah, yeah and now it looks like he just finished the season uh, back in Austria. Uh, what 27, 2018? 2018, he, he retired. Yeah. What was it like thirty six games played? I think he had like forty seven points. So that's yeah. that's pretty solid, man. I mean, and he was a, he was drafted by the Oilers first round, twenty fifth overall in the two thousand four entry draft. Holy shit! And I also just realized that he also played U twenty championships for for the World Junior Team for USA. Yes, sir. Seven games played, five points, and then another team or another year he played for seven games played, six points. Mm-hmm. That's that's solid, man. That's that's really cool. Play Team USA and whatnot. But also, I think he also works for what an organization where he has his own company. Yeah, he does. Uh, we have to touch on that. I believe he retired to. Uh, I think it's. I think to do with mental awareness as well. Nice. That's that's I, sick because since we just had Carbomb on, we can touch on that a bit. No, I, I believe he's he, he joined a team of AG Health Athletic Liaison. What? Yeah, so we'll have to touch we'll have to touch on that with him as well. So that's awesome, man. But ladies and gentlemen, we have uh Mr. Robbie Shrimp. How you doing, buddy? Hey, how you doing, buddy? What's going on? Good, how are you? Good, good. So T, you want to take it off right away? Huh? Yeah, Rob. You want to take it right off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just wanted to touch on, you know, we start off the podcast here with uh We've seen you join the team of the uh, AG Health Athletic Liaison. Can you touch on that? Yeah. So I just uh, help them with the uh, AG Health kind of as a liaison, making connections and kind of through the course of, uh, you know, my career of all the people, all the cities I played in, it kind of made a lot of you know, friendships and um, allows people to turn back around when you're doing business stuff. It kind of helps out as well. They're in the same space, want to get into, you know, the hemp space per se. So, um it was a good way to, I thought it was a pretty cool job and a way of just kind of even reconnecting with some people and then, you know, and seeing what's there. So it's, it's been a pretty cool little trip. <laughs> Didn't realize what kind of, it's kind of amazing to see what kind of people's, it really comes full circle back into your life. And at the time when you met them, maybe five, seven, 10 years ago, I never really thought it would come to doing business together or something like that. So it's been a cool little, little trip. And it's kind no, of, that's awesome. that, you know, um, sorry to interrupt there, teach, but, before you got drafted by, you know, Edmonton in 2004, when you're playing for the Syracuse Junior Crunch, did you ever think, you know, now today that you'd ever be, you know, working with him, you know, for either mental health or just to kind of give you a better life overall? Yeah, obviously not. I mean, back then I was really just focused on hockey. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, yeah, once things kind of clear and changing routes and that sort of thing, I don't know. It's just it's a whole different life and being, um, kind of going with the flows per se never really had a, a total vision of what my future was going to be it was hockey first now the hockey's not there i found a different thing to have passion for and have some uh you know passion and really educated on it and also having a hasn't uh, excuse me having 
the products have an impact on me was more what was it was kind of brought me to that path you know so everything happens for a reason per se and uh you know some, some things you know you just can't really predict you never know and it's nice to be open-minded and free and, and kind of uh able to go with the flow per se i guess you could say not have everything mapped out because sometimes things don't go the way <laughs> they're supposed to so it's just you have to be able to kind of adapt and yeah i think that's important yeah, and touching on the uh, mental health awareness, we just had Dan Carso on, and you know he's a big advocate of of that. And how involved are you in in with that as well? Yeah, no, I just told my story. I had struggles my whole life with, with depression and stuff, and I thought it was a time to, when I retired to talk about it. And you know, I played through sports with it. So circling back, if there's people, you know, kind of had had the same experiences per se and same feelings, thoughts, um, if I could help them deal with that or. Um, see it, you know, like other people are going through it. The, the website I went on with the, we are all a little crazy. It's like the same here movement. That's the idea is like anybody can really be touched by it. So I try to just tell my story and, and talk about how I cope with it, deal with it and, and what my path was to it. So that's, that's my uh, level of being involved, just trying to help really and open the conversation up and, you know, help people make them feel supported. So it's not uh, like you're going against the world per se. No, absolutely. Yeah, we agreed because we, when we were talking to Dan about it and it really touched light on myself and Mike and it's it's a good thing for, you know, players like you coming out and telling your story to, to let other kids know it's okay to talk to somebody. Yeah. yeah I think it's now, and, you know, it's and also with Dan's story, you know, back in the O, did you, you know, you don't have to obviously answer this, but did you have to deal with any situations that he almost had to deal with, with the hazing, or was it just kind of just a certain team that was involved with that? You know, that was really, yeah, that stuff's really tough to hear. And uh, I mean, our hazing wasn't like that. I mean, no, that was kind of, uh, you know, that kind of stuff you were, you heard about and stuff. It's, it's, <laughs> So it's like you don't want to believe it almost any kid doesn't matter like we are mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what names on the name bar but imagine being seven, 16 years old 17 years old hearing these things and going in and finding out like i mean that's it's it's really bad i mean it's yeah so terrible that they had to go through it um ours wasn't like that it was more you know you had to earn your stuff and they, the, the vets kind of kept you down not down per se but like you were it's called rank right like there was rank yeah you didn't chirp the vets if you did you were you know this that that kind of hazing uh, mm-hmm. I, some of that to that extent, I don't think that's even hazing. That's just keeping that's that, natural. That's, yeah, that's natural in team setting and earning your stripes kind of thing. I don't. That's not hazing. You know, that's that's literally how it goes in the world too. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's actually keeping you <laughs> more in check than you think. But when it comes down to like, okay, you did something wrong, and now they're going to like physically do something. That that's not right. Like, in what world is that right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, completely agree so, with that. Anyways, that's unfortunate. Really, yeah. Danny had to go through that crap. I heard. I mean, I I, I heard about it. I was playing the league. I was getting traded. And that's when I went to London. It was, I didn't want to go and deal with that, that setting, no chance. So I ended up going to London instead. I had Plymouth, Sarnia and uh, London on my radar to like teams I wanted to go to. So that's why I, yeah. chose, I heard some kind of horror stories. And I'm like, Nope. So I went to London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not today. Yeah, not, not a today. chance. <laughs> so, but, yeah. so um, can we actually touch on, you know, First off, I, when I found out you played for the Atlanta Thrashers, first thing that came to mind was like nastiest jerseys in the league. Just saying, yeah. and you know, I still wish that organization was around, just because I truly enjoyed watching. You know, uh, as a kid, you know what I mean. Like they have the bright colors, and you know, the teal, the dark blue, the red. Like it, it, they're awesome jerseys as a kid to look at. But also watching the team, they were just such a skilled team and to watch them. You know, unfortunately leave the organization. Um, 
But speaking about you leaving that organization and going to play Euro hockey, what was kind of the transition for you to do that? If you don't mind me asking. What, and what, what's uh, kind of what manner do you mean by the transition? So, so what made you go play Euro hockey instead of trying to, or, you know, say for instance, you did try, what made you not be able to play in the NHL or the A? Um, so, yeah, that was, I think we circled back. Like always they moved to Winnipeg and then they pegged me. They wanted, the conversation was about a two way contract and, mm-hmm. I don't know, just to be that truthful, you know, total transparent, I did not want to go back to the minors. And when you go, like, changing organizations, it changes all the management. They have no – I have no value to them, right? I'm not a draft pick. I was a waiver yeah. pickup. And then they say the first thing when you have contact is, hey, we, we, we found a two-way. Uh, that means – I mean, if that's maybe looking too far ahead, maybe going back hindsight if I would have gone back. But even – I can think of that time. I was like, I'm not playing the minors again. No way. <laughs> I just didn't want to do it again. I just – I didn't, you know, I went to three years of it and I thought it was, I was done at that level and I finally started yeah. selling and starting to play better and, and feeling like a better player playing in the NHL. Well, you also played in the K, didn't you? You played in the KHL for a little bit. I went to Europe and then just tried to, you know, Sweden's a really good league and I just figured maybe go have a good year and come back, but it just didn't go that way. So, um, yeah, that's why I went over. That was the first conversation was, would you, will Rob take a two way? Oh, that's so rough to hear, man. That, and that sucks too, because it's like you work for that your entire life. And then it's just, you know, like you said, you know, a new guy comes out of nowhere and you're like, well, why the hell do I got to prove myself to you? I mean, my stats would show, you know, I, I just proved myself to the last owners and, you know, the coaching staff. I, I see where you're coming from. That's a pain in the ass. I don't know. I didn't see them out. I didn't want to, I, yeah, call the bailout, but I went and played Europe hockey and I thought it was great. And I really, I played for, you know, the first team I went over there was Marcus Naslin and Peter Forsberg were the general managers. And Al <laughs> Samuelson was the head coach. Oh, yeah. So I was like, this is a cool stuff if I'm going to be in Europe anyway. So. Sign, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. No, I loved it. And I had a great time. And hockey was, it was a cool new experience for a new league, new style, bigger ranks. And it was it was a good experience, and uh, also like that at that time, even talking about my game, like everyone was chirping by my skating, so I was like, I'll go play for like one of the best skating. This like you're like Swedes are unbelievable skaters, so I figure if I can keep up in that league, like I can probably keep up in the NHL. So I went there kind of with that mindset, and just never transitioned back over. It's hard to come back, I guess. <laughs> impossible. No, it, <laughs> it was impossible. And, and, you know, touching on that, when you were transitioning back, you played in the A for, like, Portland Pirates for a little bit. You had, what, 75 games. How did that go for you, transitioning from Euro hockey to, you know, American-style hockey again? Yeah, it was great. I mean, the first half of the year was really good, and then it just kind of, uh, you know, the first half was really solid. It was it was fun. It was it was unique to come back, and it was like a new challenge. You know, it was a totally different style, smaller rank. You know, and everything changes. When you start, you know, when you talk North American ice surface, it's like, the game's totally different. It's like one pass and it's like a, a threat, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When in Europe, it's like you got to string together two, sometimes three passes to get a chance because it's bigger ice and there's more people in the middle. So if you can't make two or three passes in a row, that's not that easy at pro hockey, yeah. right? Then it gets like it's hard to make offense. So back coming back, it was nice to have that like bang, bang offense where it's, you make one good play and it's a really good opportunity to score. So that's awesome. it was cool to get here. back to that. And, and then, like, for me, as a power play guy walking off the half wall in North America, like, you got a legit chance from scoring from, like, just inside the top of the circles. If you go to mm-hmm. European ice, it's like you really yeah. gotta wonder why you're even shooting. You're like, That's, yeah. yeah. With no screen, there's not a chance you're beating the goalie. That's insane, man. That is so wild here because you are playing an Olympic sheet. So yep. that's that's one of those things when I had the ability to play an Olympic sheet, I was dogging it. Not going to lie, by third period, I was so gassed. <laughs> it's a lot of skating. Yeah. Oh my God, I hated it. I was like, who created this? Because I hate this guy. 
Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, my last question for you is um, out of all the leagues that you were able to play for in Euro hockey, what would you say had to be the toughest league to play in? Um, well, that's a good question. I don't know. It's tough to say. I mean, KHL is pretty tough. But the year, the year that I was there, I only played uh, half a season there. But that was a lockout season. So it was like a whole different face. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Malkin was that back. Like, you had all of them, all the really high oh, back. Ovi was back playing. And so the teams were very different. I mean, that was hard. it was hard because every team was loaded with skill. And they yeah. had other NHLers that were there playing and whatever. So the league was pretty solid, actually, that year. Um, Sweden, I found Sweden very tough. It's like they they play really strict hockey, you know. They play, like, both ends of the ice very, very tight. They, even on the big surface, they really play, like, a pressure everywhere system. So you're constantly forced to skate and explode, like, sprint everywhere. And they do it very well. And I think you see the numbers in the NHL. There's a ton of Swedes that are coming out. Even yeah. Patterson. Yeah. Like, the way he yeah. plays, it's like – having on my fantasy yeah when he's over here it's like it's almost like he has more time really because back in sweden you just get rushed 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 you're always under pressure and you gotta always make plays now let me ask you a question from the difference from playing over here in north america over euro hockey you find yourself your training regimen is different from the bigger ice um no there's more endurance well yeah i guess it's it's more explosive if you're playing on the sheet and it's more endurance when you're playing on the bigger sheet Okay. Yeah. So you got you like you don't have to be so explosive. I mean, you still got to be fast. Don't get me wrong, but like more here, like I said, it's here. It's like quick sprint or quick, really quick, and something happens. We're there. It's like you're gonna have to maybe back check someone for like 180 feet. True. Now, it, you know, you know, I said last question a minute ago, but <laughs> I always do end up doing this. So, when did you ever really have to go to a training camp for Euro teams? And if so, did you see a huge difference between training camp from, you know, pro teams in the NHL or the AHL to Euro teams? Yeah, they were the, the training camps were much longer and much mm-hmm. more grueling, I found. It was really like kind of almost I felt like the Europeans ones were really trying to get guys in shape or the ones in North America guys come in absolute shape. Right. And they do the testing mm-hmm. and um, everyone's kind of on their own where they stick together in Europe and it's more. The one in uh, the KHL camp was we were there July 10th and we just started the season like September 5th. So that was all training camp. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, it's a grind, dude. You get to September and you're like, holy shit. Like, I just went through a marathon. I felt like, and now we're going to play hockey. (laughs) But it's kind of like what I was going back on where, like, I was telling you, I was gassed as soon as I go from a normal sheet that I've been used to my entire career and then I go to an Olympic sheet, I am exhausted. So I can see why it's kind of more grueling because you are going on a bigger surface. You got to, like you said, have more of a explosive step over people to get that, like, 50-50 battle. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I definitely could see that. Yeah. So even when the show guys, they went there for, you know, the big, you know, the big, good, big names went over to Europe. It, was, it wasn't even that much offense, really, still. Because that's the thing. You have to string, like, three passes, right? And they were like, there's no offense. Mm-hmm. Even, the, I don't know, I think it was the Olympics or the World Championships even. You see the games are low. They're not really ball hockey games like you would kind of expect. That's what everybody thought. You're going to Europe, you're going to have so many points. That's not how it works. Like, a high-end guy has a and the Swedish league has just over a point a game, and that's like a really, really good season. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, um, yeah. No, no, you're good. TG, you got a question? Yeah, I just – sorry. 
can we just talk about your hands? Because <laughs> my my son asked me every week, he goes, Dad, who are you and Mike having on the podcast? And I, I, I tell him and I show him on YouTube. And now he's running around in the basement saying he's Rob Shrimp. <laughs> oh, That's awesome. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's great. No, seriously, can I have your hands? Yeah. Because let's be honest, I'm chop suey out there. It is not good. That's why I play D. That's what I tell people all the time. I'm not a hands guy. Yeah. I'll just read the ice. Yeah, that's funny. But, um, you know, let's, can we touch on when you played World Juniors a little bit? And you're also – I believe you are playing for London Knights at the same time. Yeah, that's right. Sure. Um, what was – I would say my question to you would be, what was probably the toughest transition going to World Juniors back to the O? Is it, or was it kind of the same type of skill level? Nothing. He had 145 points in 2006. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. <laughs> business, nothing. Is, business is normal. Back to business. <laughs> back to London. Oh, so you just made it look easy. Thanks. Nah, yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, it was, uh, it was, it's a nice, it's actually a really nice jolt. The world junior camp, uh, training camp, uh, no, sorry, the world junior championships. It's like, cause it is high end and it's like a playoff atmosphere. Right. So it's super pressure and it's like pretty, most of the teams are pretty sick. So then when you go back to, you know, back to the OHL, it did like you have, you, you just have a quicker pace, you know, it's like, you see the guys that come down, the kids that go, the draft picks go to NHL training camp and they usually come down to the OHL and they get sent down. They, they absolutely torch it because it's like, yeah. you've had that yeah. like next level, even if you didn't do well at it or, you know, you weren't ready and they send you down, like you still were there and like you, you know what you could pick up and like by seeing what can be done at a faster speed. Now you go down to a slower one. You like, you find these holes that are, you didn't see before. And it's like things get almost slower and you're, thinking and you can make better plays um so it's like a huge thing that's like world juniors it's like such a high-end skill thing and like all the best players in the world essentially are there at that age and it's like a playoff atmosphere stress pressure and then you go back to like mid-season the other guys that weren't at world juniors were just kind of going as you know business as normal in the league <laughs> they didn't have that jolt of like um yeah like that jolt of extra competing almost competing, like yeah yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, and it's funny too, man, because like every time like I watch an O game or like a QJMHL game or something like that, or excuse me, QMJHL, um, it, I feel so bad for the goaltenders, man, because every time I look at the score, it's it's a shooting gallery. Yeah, <laughs> like it is literally every shot is just bar down or like nasty like toe drags with a nasty nip, and you're just like, how do you might as well just put a shooter tutor in half time because the goalies just get torn apart, and and I'm seeing that you had. Back in what oh six, you had one hundred forty five points. That's not even right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah was how was that year. legal? It was a fun like... year for sure. It was a lot of fun. We had a good squad. We had David Bowen and Dylan Hunter and Sergey Kostitsin. So we had some pretty good players you, there. And then you had fifty seven games played, one hundred and forty five points. That's unheard of. <laughs> I'm still just trying to get that through my mind right now. Like that's just it's so impressive. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. No, it was it was fun. Yeah, we had. Uh, Dale Hunter really knew how to organize power plays. And the power play clicked at like a stupid number, like thirty-five to forty percent. We clicked that. Um, everybody Unreal. had a spot on the ice, and it was like it was really, it was really almost like it's one of those things where it comes together. Even the year before, we had the team of the century, and it was an unbelievable year. The next year, it was even almost amazing how to follow it up. We had like four guys, five guys on the power play. Even the net front guy was unbelievable. AJ Perry. Um, everybody had their little section of the ice. Like Sergey had hundred points. Dylan Hunter had hundred and ten points. Um, AJ Perry had 40 something goals and then David, yeah, David and myself had a high number of points. So everybody produced, you know, it was a really, that makes for a fun time, <laughs> you know, it really does. It's just not right. You're always celebrating yeah, goals that's... and it doesn't always mean you. It's like, 
you just see pretty cool stuff on a nightly basis when there's that many points going around. Now, what was it like playing? What was it like playing for Dale? It was it was great. You really learned how yeah. to win and how to compete. Like he was a, he was an absolute warrior when he played. And you know the odd you know not the odd thing, but the, the almost amazing thing is he had a thousand points and three thousand pims. Like that's insane. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. he wasn't just a mucker. You know what I mean? Like a thousand points is no joke. <laughs> that's pretty. I don't know. Like that's a that's six three thousand yeah. pims. And like, he was also just... like. So when he did things in playoff series and stuff, like just kind of like screwing the other team, you felt it. And you're like, holy shit. Because it worked. Like he would say things or like, you know what yeah. I mean? Just anything to poke a hole. Even when he like, you know, he played against the Islanders and he made that, that hit. He was just being competitive and like, F you, you guys just won the game, but you're going to pay for it. <laughs> you know, in a playoff Absolutely, series, that's man. the same thing. You get one game, you lose. And, and then you make sure that they don't want to win again. Um that's a whole different message and and it kind of it worked we won a ton of games i mean i played there three seasons we lost 14 games or yeah f- no, 11 games my first year there we lost seven games in my second year and we lost 14 games in my third year out of 60 game schedules jesus can we, can we talk about the games that you lost were they games that you should have definitely won but you kind of let bad <laughs> yeah. teams hang around. Well, we had like one, you know, one game we lost, I think it was two to one. We had like outshot them like 68 to like 14. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> it was just one and of those just... nights. It was unbelievable. Like everything, guys were hitting pipes, tank tank. We, we were peppering them and it just wouldn't go in. It was nuts. You can remember a lot of them because there's not that many through the course of the year. Like one year we started off the season 31 games. We didn't lose a game in half the season. <laughs> So it was like you remember the losses. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but like that kind of brings like almost that mentality walking in the rink, almost kind of like you know, might as well just whip it out and start swinging it, man. Because that's the mentality you're walking around. With. It was it was a lot. It was a pretty cool vibe or feeling to have every day going to the rink. Like I, that's that's just like you knew you were gonna win. No, you just had but, you, you knew you wanted to go to the rink that day. Oh my god, <laughs> you were so pumped! It was like, yeah, it's, it's a great winning is a great thing. Let me say, it brings a great feeling, and you get you get that big confident boost, and you, nothing really matters. You just, it's a good, but, it's a good vibe for sure. Can you can you kind of say? Does it all come back to just kind of buying into it? All of you guys buying into a system? Absolutely, it's a team thing. And Dale ran the bench. Dale wasn't just the guy in the suit. Like Dale orchestrated the whole thing. Like knew exactly what to do, like do that. And then he would like mold it. If you didn't do it, then you, he would teach you like learn and then you won't play and you see whatever else is doing. It's like a team effort and everybody marches the same tune. Yep. And it was like clockwork, you know, and then it was pretty sick. He's won some like 700 something games, I believe as a coach. Like he's, he's a really smart coach. He like, he knows how to win. That's Mm -hmm. what his like talent is. Some people can do board talk, some people can do systems. It's not even any of that crap with Dale. It's like he just knows how to win. It's, and it's, it's proven in the results. That's amazing, man. Yeah. But, um, TG, you got anything else, brother? Yeah. What's the, what's the toughest building you had to go to when you're playing in the NHL to play, play in? Toughest building? Yeah. Joe, like- Joe Lewis was insane. Yeah, it was like really? their fans were all over you, and then you had Datsuk like running around like doing all this nasty shit. You're like, oh my god, I, just, I hope I don't get burned by this guy. They outshot us. The one game was like six. Dwayne Rolson played the game of his life. It was unbelievable. It was like sixty three to eighteen the shots. We ended up winning two to one in overtime. We were getting pe- and these guys weren't just peppering Rolly. Like Datsuk would dangle two guys in the corner, make someone look stupid, throw a back seam one timer, and it'd be like you know Rolly had to do like a. <laughs> 
whatever miracle to get across and make a save like nonstop. <laughs> and it was like, Holy shit. And at the same time that the, the stands are like over the top of you. So you're like, you just feel like there's nowhere to go. You know what I mean? It's really like yeah. this rink is small and these guys are good in a small space. So it's not, that's a tough combo. <laughs> Jesus. That's, a, that's just insane. But and that last... was for me, it was, and Joe actually, and also the shark tank in San Jose was actually, it's like a dark building and they're a big yeah. team and they get this like momentum. Yeah, you feel it for sure. And my last one would be, you know, obviously in the shootout, did you know what you were going to do or you just went with the flow? No, I never knew what to do. I just always went down and like, would Jesus just Christ. React. <laughs> Hope for the best, pray yeah. for the worst. He goes in. <laughs> Mama made it. That's right. Just freewheel it, man. Just look Jeez. for something whenever it comes. And if we find it, hit it. Cool. No, that's, that's beautiful. That's awesome, man. But I'll tell you what, uh, Teach, if you got nothing else, all I got to say is, Rob, thank you so much for taking time out of your week. Come talk to us. No problem. No. I appreciate it. It was great to no, you guys. Thanks, Rob. We appreciate it. Awesome. Have a great night. You too. You too, brother. All around beauty, man. I'll oh, tell my, you what. Yeah. Like, that's one of those things that hearing his personality is just night and day. Oh, you don't even know. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's cool too because even he just said it like you got to buy into a system. It'd surely be a nasty team, and this guy had in the OHL fifty-seven games played back in 05 and 06, hundred and forty-five points. Dude, he had a hundred and forty-five. <laughs> he had sixty-nine, ninety, one forty-five. What? That's, what? Yeah. Like out of nowhere, you see that huge jump. Like that's disgusting. Yeah, like his hands, and don't get me wrong, he had 88 apples, but at the same time, it's like you have to have great vision, good hands, and like really just know where to, someone's gonna be, dude. Then he went to Wilkes Bear and put up 53 points. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> then 53, and then he went to Springfield 76, then he went to the show 25, 22, 41. Like, what? I'm telling you, man, like he definitely could still compete there if he wanted to. Oh, absolutely. He, the way the game, the way the game is now. If he's been playing the way, Euro is the way hockey, he played as much as like yeah. shows on stats, he could easily transition it as long as his like stamina is up. Dude, absolutely. He retired literally 2018. Yeah. So I'm saying from a Euro team. Like that's, that's what I mean. No, awesome guy. Um, and oh, I th- no, we got to talk about his uh, foundation a little bit. Yeah, and is and he's all about mental awareness. Is that's good that we're touching on that with with all these guys as well, and it's it's all coming out. And that's the biggest thing people have to understand that you know keeping it in and you know not talking to someone about it, it's only going to make it worse. The best thing to do is finally you know discuss what's going on and like if absolutely if you got issues, just let them know. No one's going to make fun of you or you know point fingers at you because you have a personal issue. I guarantee you, if oh. someone personally messaged us on Dusty Dunn's Instagram and told us, like, hey, I just genuinely need to talk to someone, like, we would be there. So we're not going to make fun Dude, of absolutely. the issue. I, you know, we would find, you know, people to definitely help you out. And same time, look at what Dan, Danny's doing. You know, he goes out to professional athletes that truly have uh, mental health issues and traumatic brain injuries. And he wants to make sure that they're getting the right help and the right type of doctors and neurologists and uh, I can only appreciate that. No, and that's what I said to you yesterday. Remember, I texted you. First thing I seen that thing with Donald Brashear. Oh, yeah. First thing I said to you right me, away, baby. I'm like, like got to help this guy yeah. out. Like, somebody somebody get him in contact with, you know, 
the right the right people to help him out. It's it's sad. It really is. And that comes from this is a mental awareness thing going. He was an enforcer and a fighter. No, and that's the thing. And look how many fights he already had. So and that, I know. it's and only gonna get worse a, for like, him. Yeah, so that's that's what I mean, man. It, it it's just like like you said yourself, just get in contact with the right people, reach out to the right people. No one's gonna make fun of you because of it. I mean, like that's yeah. why we have these type of players on. We want people to understand that they went through the struggle, and these are professional athletes. And absolutely, you know, if they can figure it out and get help, so can you know just the normal people, you know, in society. No, and and I yeah. If you like, like Mike said, and like I said, if you if you need someone to talk to, don't hold it in. It's only going to get worse. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. But um, I don't know about you, man. But are you? Do you want to make this a shorter one, or are we get to roll with it for a little bit? Yeah, yeah, we we can go. We can make it a short one today. It's not a problem. All right. Well, for everyone that doesn't know, um, this podcast was sponsored by Gotta Hockey, where you can't just watch it; you got to play it. And, you gotta, uh, you gotta, man. <laughs> and uh, real quick, touch on uh, bare beards. If you guys are trying to grow a beard this summer, go to Etsy.com. Type in B A R E beards. They'll ha- they'll hook you up all your beard essentials from your bo- um, beard oils, beard bombs. You got your uh, combs. You even got chapstick and even some merchandise. So again, go to Etsy.com. Type in bare beards. And if you guys want to leave a review, go to Facebook.com and type in bare beards and let us know what you guys think. Absolutely. Also, if you guys are in the market for uh, a new twig or new gloves, go check out AT8 Hockey on Instagram and Facebook at AT8 Hockey. Uh, they have your sticks, gloves, hats, and shirts as well for your, all your hockey needs. Go check them out again on Instagram and Facebook at AT8 Hockey. And also, we want to give a shout out to Dangle Productions. If you guys need a men's league, Kids league, whatever league, beer league, whatever you need. Jersey, go check them out at Dangle Productions on Instagram as well. And that, hope everyone stays dusty. Stay dusty.